as we get into this, I want to tell you that uh, I've been doing a lot of reflecting over the last month. If you guys are here January 1st, I talked about that. Um, but over the last months, it has re- been this constant time of thinking for me. I turned 50 this year, as uh, most of you probably already know. Uh, my son graduated from high school and went off to college over this last year. And now here I am transitioning from being a youth pastor, uh, something that I've been for 20, 25 years. And it, it's just a crazy time where I have so much to think about when it comes to my past. And I found myself waking up at night or getting up in the morning and really thinking through stuff. Have I lived my life to the fullest? Have I given all to what I, have done, I do? Have I matured as much as I could have? I don't want to hear any comments about that one. Am I the man today that I'm supposed to be? How honest am I with myself and where I am at? Why do I still struggle with things I do? Shouldn't I be able to say no after all these years? Shouldn't I be more certain about what I believe today than where I was 20 years ago? Have I done enough as a father? Did I do enough and am I doing enough as a husband? Is who you see up here who I really am? Am I allowed to be who I really am? Am I authentic? Am I pretending? Am I trying to be someone I'm not? Who am I and am I okay with who I am? Have any of you ever had those questions? Anything like that? These are ones I just wrote down that really I've been going through a lot of lately. Have you ever asked yourself those things? Asking these questions, reflecting on them, searching, thinking. Well, I am right now in my life doing a lot of that. And then just a little under a year ago, I added to that Instagram. Not a lot, just a little, but a lot more than I thought I would. And dang, Everyone seems to be doing better than me. Everyone looks better than me. They travel more than I do. They experience more. They accomplish more. And they get more followers and more likes than I ever do. And I never really thought that would impact me. But it has. And then as a pastor, I have to look at all the other posts of other churches that seem to be doing so much better youth groups that seem to have so many more kids, other pastors who are obviously more impactful than I am, writing books, blogs, vlogs, hundreds of thousands of followers, attracting bigger crowds. It seems to be the ability around us to make everything seem better than it really is. Isn't that the world we live in? You get on that stuff and everyone, everything's perfect. Everything's the best. The epitome of me this year was I got to see all the prom pictures. And everyone said, greatest day of my life. Yeah, right. (laughs) But they all say it, you know, and you see the picture. Obviously, it must have been until you talk to them about it and you find out it wasn't. But the ability we have to do that. But then the feeling of not measuring up, of not feeling good enough, of not being feeling accomplished enough can be a struggle for many of us. Do any of you guys struggle with that like I do? Just that feeling because of everything that's going on around us? With our lives right out in front of everyone to see, can we really be ourselves? Do we want everyone to know who we really are? And I know for me, 
the fear of humiliation and rejection are big factors for the temptation to keep the face on and keep the act going. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can't. But this has been a big year for me, thinking about a lot of different areas in life and coming to the realization that I care more than I thought, that I have more fears than I thought. What about when it comes to God in your life? Do you ever feel similar pressure to put on the face, to keep the act going? Do you ever feel like you need to act more spiritual than you actually feel you are? Do you ever feel like you need to pretend you understand when you really don't? Do you ever feel like you have to follow along when you don't know why? Any of those thoughts have ever come to your mind? Well, today we are beginning a journey through the book of Malachi. And they're calling it this, Inside Out, A Call to Authentic Living. Inside Out, A Call to Authentic Living. Let me tell you a little bit about the book of Malachi. Uh, it's, the la- it's, it's probably the second easiest book to find in the Old Testament. Genesis being the first. Why? Because it's the first. Malachi's the last. Makes it easy, right? So it's the last book of the Old Testament. And it seems to have been written somewhere around 100, 150 years after Cyrus had issued the decree in 538 B.C., which permitted the Jews to return from exile where they were in Babylon, in exile in Babylon. And so they get the return to the promised land, return to their land. About 100, 150 years later, this book was written. Uh, More than likely, they had rebuilt the temple that had been destroyed. They rebuilt the temple there. And the wall that Nehemiah talked about, raising money and, and resources for the wall, was either being built or maybe it already had been built. But, but it was at that time. We're at the very end of the Old Testament here. But what you find when you read through Malachi, when you read through some of the history, life wasn't easy for them. Yeah, they got released from captivity. And yes, they were back in the promised land. But they were under the political dominion of Persia. And it seemed that they had struggled daily with their harvest and issues with locusts. And they talk about that in Malachi a little. So it wasn't all that easy. But this was always, it's this reality that the promised land didn't seem as promising as they thought. It wasn't as flowing with milk and honey as they figured it would be. They were still underneath rulers and they were still suffering through things. But this was probably a result of their hearts becoming indifferent or even resentful towards God. And that's what the book of Malachi covers and talks about. You see, Malachi means my messenger, my messenger. So this is a message that is pretty straightforward and don't have to wonder when you read Malachi. Matter of fact, I want to challenge you to read it. It's only four chapters. It's not a long read, but it's an intense read. It's very, very straightforward as he deals with the idea that both priests and the people of, the, of Israel that are living there are violating the stipulations of the Mosaic law. The Mosaic law that talked about things like sacrifices and offerings, showing justice and marriage relationships and many other things. They're violating those things. So what is the Mosaic law? And why is this being dealt with here? Well, the Mosaic law 
was the covenant given to Moses. When they had come out of Egypt and they're traveling in the desert for 40 years, and Moses goes up to Mount Sinai, right? And he gets what? The Ten Commandments. And this covenant between God and his people take place at that time. I tried to define it in the most simple way. Here's the Mosaic covenant. Obedience to the law was rewarded with blessing in the land of promise. That's as simple as I could seem to make it. Obedience to the law was rewarded with blessing in the land of promise. And their, their hope in God's covenant promise through Moses seems to have dimmed by the time we get here to some 430 before Christ, 400 years before Christ. It had seemed to dim, and it was because of their disobedience. They were not honoring God or being faithful to God as his covenant people were called to be. And that's what the book of Malachi is dealing with. One of the passages to me that just sums up this Mosaic covenant is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13. It says this, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, well, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. This is a call to the Jewish people, the children of Israel, to get back on track with the Mosaic Covenant and say, man, if I'm holding back the heavens and there's no rain and there's locusts and you're being devoured, it's because you need to humble yourself. You need to stop doing the things you're doing. We have this Mosaic Covenant that you agree to. If you look in the book of Exodus, they said, we agree to this. We will follow all these things. And throughout the history, we find that they haven't. So this is what the Jews are now facing here at the end of the Old Testament, this call to follow the Mosaic Covenant and the reality that they have disobeyed. So here's a funny question. Why are we looking at this book when we're considering, considering authentic living? Why do we want to look at this book? You know, someone told me a long time ago, when it, and I use this all the time when I meet with people, and maybe it'll benefit you as well. We could get stuck on looking at snapshots of our lives, right? That's what Instagram is all about, snapshots. I'm identifying that life that's way better than mine by a picture. Have you ever woken up and decided to look at a terrible snapshot of something really bad you did a couple months ago and it just destroys your life today? Like, what do we focus on? If we spend our time focusing on snapshots and not the video of our lives, we look at really bad things and get real depressed and bummed and shame and full of guilt. Or we can look at the one good thing I did 20 years ago and feel okay with myself, right? Either way, we got to be careful when it comes to just looking at our lives as that. I do a lot of counseling. I meet with people and I talk about this with people because so many times people are holding on to something they did six months ago they can't let go of and they're just continuing to drive their lives now. And you know what? We could face the Bible in very similar ways. We could look at the Bible. It's this library of all these different books of different times written from different people to different audiences at different situations. And we could take a snapshot and it could really like freak us out. 
And we can really get messed up by just looking at snapshots when the reality is the Bible is unfolding this revelation from God of this redemptive story that we get the privilege now of looking at the whole thing and seeing the whole thing and how we're supposed to see things and how we might look at things in a different way. The book of Malachi is a snapshot It's a snapshot of the requirements of the Mosaic law that had been given to the Jewish people and their inability over all the years of the church, at least the biblical history of the Jewish people, have had inability to follow it. And there have been consequences after consequences that they've dealt with as you read through the Old Testament. And so this is a snapshot of that. But the cool thing is, is that each of the issues that Malachi deals with is dealt with in the New Testament by Jesus and his followers. So we're gonna gonna get to see that. But here's the beautiful part. The requirements of the law get flipped inside out through the message of Jesus. The requirements of the law gets flipped inside out through the message of Jesus. And that is so important for us as we look at the big picture, the videos, I want to put it, right? The whole story and not just get too caught up in one snapshot. And it's so important to do that because as long as we continue to see ourselves under the burden of the law in order to be blessed by God, we are going to continue to struggle with putting on that face and keeping up that act. Does that make sense? If we just feel the weight and the burden of that, that only way I'm going to be blessed by God or accepted by the people around me here at church is if I follow all these mosaic laws that was written to the people about the, about the people and the land, I'm just gonna have to be putting on the face, keeping the act going. I don't want anyone to know who I really am. And that is death. That is living death. And that is not the message when you look at the Bible as a video. Because you see the whole thing that is unfolded In 2 Corinthians, Paul starts talking about this idea of we now have this law that is written in our hearts, not on stone tablets. What are the stone tablets you think he's talking about? The Ten Commandments, right? It's where the stone tablets, the Ten Commandments are written on stone tablets. The Mosaic law that was given to Moses during that time of exit when they were out in the wilderness. It's not about, he says now, it's not about it it being written on stone tablets. It's now about through the power of the Spirit. It's written in our hearts. There's a new covenant that isn't based on obedience, but it's based on Christ. It's based on what he has done, not what you do. Look what he says in 2 Corinthians 3, 6 as he unfolds this. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. 
What was the Mosaic covenant? Your confidence was in your obedience to the law before God. In Malachi, we're going to see that they're suffering through things and there's locusts and issues and because they're not obeying the Mosaic law. Their confidence should be in obeying the Mosaic law. But now such confidence as that, which is ours through Christ before God, we are now confident before God through Christ. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Isn't that powerful? When you look through the Old Testament, what do you see? Death, destruction, struggle. You see that as a result of disobedience to the letter of the law that was given and handed down to them that they agreed to in Exodus. Oh yeah, we'll follow this deal. And then you see this reality. The letter of the law is what we will be looking at in Malachi. The law that consistently seemed to bring death because of the inability to follow it. But through message of Christ, that is flipped inside out. So here's what we're going to observe over the next few weeks. First, we will look at the letter of the law, which brought burden and death that we see in Malachi. Notice I say brought, right? So what we see throughout the history of the Old Testament, this burden, this death, these issues over and over again. That's what we'll see as we look through Malachi. Then we will look at the spirit of the law that we see through Christ, which brings freedom and life that we see through the message of Jesus. So we're going to take a look at those things. And we're going to look at what's being spoken through the prophet Malachi to the people under that Mosaic law and their, fulfill, their failure to fulfill it. And then we're going to look at Christ. So that's the book of Malachi. That's kind of where it lands and what a little bit of background. So what I want to do is I just want to look at a couple verses in Malachi, a couple of the key verses, I think, that kind of brings us out. You see, before the covenant with Moses was given to the people, there was another covenant made 400 years before. What was that? Who, who was that covenant given to? You guys know? Abraham. A covenant with Abraham. It's the Abrahamic covenant. This covenant that was given to Abraham was 400 years before what we're seeing in the Mosaic law, which is then hundreds of years before what we see in Malachi. So there's this other covenant. And this covenant spoken to Abraham would impact all people not just the Jewish people and their land. It would impact all people. So here's a simple Abrahamic covenant statement, okay? Like I did with the uh, Mosaic one. Through his seed, all nations will be blessed. That's basically what was given to Abraham. Through your seed, Abraham, all nations will be blessed. It wasn't based on Abraham's offspring being obedient, those are the Jews, or following any laws. It was a promise by God that he would fulfill this and there would be a promise that your seed, through your seed, all nations and people will be blessed. And at the beginning of Malachi, we see a little bit of a reminder of this promise, a reminder that this promise has its foundation in love. Look at Malachi 1-2. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you ask, how have you loved us? So you see, right, you're going to see that kind of idea. I've done this. Well, when have you done this? I, well, when we have seen this? They're going to continuously ask these questions throughout the book of Malachi. But this is one of the biggest ones. 
have you loved us? And he goes, because I chose you. I chose you as my people. Jacob I loved and Esau I hated, which basically means Jacob I chose and Esau I didn't. You are the people that came through Jacob's line. You are my chosen people. I've walked with you. I've forgiven you. I've shown you grace. I've put up with you over and over and over again because you're my people. I love you. And even though, and even through their disobedience, that's having this profound impact on their lives today, the promise will still come. God still loves them. Then in Malachi chapter five, uh, 1, verse 5, he says this, Great is the Lord, even beyond the borders of Israel. He reminds them there was a promise before the Mosaic one that was beyond this land. It was beyond this land. It was beyond all of Israel, beyond all the borders. It was the initial promise through Abraham that my seed will bless all nations. All people would be blessed by my seed not just the Jews and not just their land, but all people. And in the book of Galatians, Paul talks about this as he unfolds that video, as he begins to make some things clear. In verse 16, he says this, the promises were spoken to Abraham and his seed. The scriptures does not say, and to seeds, meaning many people, but and to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. The promise ultimately that bless all people and all nations would be Christ, his sacrifice, his life, his spirit, what he brings. What I mean is this, he says, the law introduced 430 years later, which is the Mosaic law, which is the one that Malachi is dealing with, that Mosaic law introduced 430 years later does not set aside the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant previously established by God and thus do away with the promise. It doesn't. And there was a time that Israel was wandering in the wilderness and they looked at God, what do you expect of us? So let's make a rule. Let's make a covenant here, okay? Give the Ten Commandments, follow these and I'll bless you and bless your land. Man, you guys are just don't understand what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to lead you to the land. Just go take it. Yeah, but, 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 right? And so they don't take it. So this new covenant comes with them. Follow these things and I'll bless you in the land. Okay, we'll do those things. And what do they do? None of those things, hardly, right? It's just this constant. And then they sit there and say, we don't want you as king. We want an earthly king. Are you sure? How did the kings go with them? That was a great time in Jewish history, right? All the kings throughout Kings and Chronicles, all the turmoil and destruction and craziness. So he says, previously by God, it did not take away the promise for if the inheritance depends on the law, then it no longer depends on a promise. The true inheritance, guys, is not this land. The true inheritance is my kingdom through Jesus Christ. That's the promise. That's the promise. Christ established that promise. So God, so, so, so what's the big deal with this? So what's the big deal? Why should this have an impact in our lives? Because now God can call us to come as we are. There are no hoops to jump through. There are no laws to obey. Just come and trust in his promise. 
It's inside out. It went from like, obey these laws and I'll bless your land. Obey these things and I'll come through to now saying, now you're living out of victory, not for victory. Now you're living because there's hope in Christ, not to hopefully find hope in God. Now you're living out of your being complete and you declared his own children. He loves you dearly. He declares you holy and blameless in his sight. Now live out of that, not to attain that. Do you see the difference? That is a change. That's the new covenant. And it's not like it's Old Testament and New Testament. This is what was promised to Abraham. There was a little hiccup there, right? Where the, you see God and the Jewish people just really dealing with some issues of the land and the promise and trusting in the promises of the Mosaic laws in there. But the promise from the get-go, the tr- promise from Genesis was that through the seed of Abraham, all nations, all people would be blessed and the inheritance it does not depend on the law or following it. Christ the Savage shall so come as you are, no laws, Just come and trust. Find hope through the death and resurrection of Christ that has taken care of sins and established a new way of the Spirit. The new covenant through Christ is the fulfilled promise given to Abraham, founded on love, which brings forgiveness, hope, and life to all nations and all people. And that's a powerful reality. So in this world, you may still be putting on the face and you may still be keeping the act going so that you might be accepted by those around you. But I hope and I pray that through this journey that we're gonna look at Malachi and looking at Malachi and looking at the teachings of Jesus, and seeing the beauty of the new covenant that you might find you don't need to do that here. You don't need to do that. When it comes to God and hopefully being part of his body, his church, his community, we can come authentic with all of our blemishes and stains and wounds and we can find hope, rest, peace, and a new way to live that impacts our life here and now and our relationships and everything around us. Man, sometimes I think that we still have our heads wrapped around this mosaic kind of understanding, this mosaic law kind of understanding. Man, if I don't obey, God's not going to bless. If I don't obey, God's going to curse. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be close, you right? And that has had a huge impact on the world around us as the church has this, you know, reputation, right? There's a song, and I, I, I hate to say I like this song, but I really do get impacted deeply by this song. It's by a band that despises the church. But they make a statement in one of their songs. And every time I hear that statement, man, it just hits me. They say this, I'll tell you my sins and you can sharpen your knives. That's a pretty powerful statement. No wonder we can't come to church and be authentic. 
Because <laughs> if I tell you what's really going on, then it's like, oh, stay away from that person. You know, celebrate recovery. Places like AA, I've met with many people that said that was the first place they were able to go and really be themselves. No one was judging them because they all realized they were all messed up. We're still putting on the face. It's still me who is healthy, you who is sick. When you go to some place like AA, it's like we're all sick. And all of a sudden, ah, I can be me. And then begin a journey towards newness of life and being empowered by that inside-out reality. So I hope that we will begin this journey together and that over the next few weeks, month or so, that this time will be impactful for us, that we will come back each week. We'll take a look at those areas of Malachi and how then Jesus teaches on those things. And I hope and pray that it will set us free, that it will see the hope and the power we have in Christ and it will actually impact the way we live and how we approach things and how we see things might have a deep impact on our lives and the lives of those around us. You pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for this book. I, when I first started reading it, God, I was going, oh, man, this is such hard stuff. But then as you, you read it with your big picture of your book, God, it's what a beautiful story of redemption. What a beautiful picture of Jesus we see when we look at a book like Malachi and then we see what Jesus says and teaches and what his followers, wow, what a powerful reality. Help us to see the beauty of the spirit of the law over the letter of the law. Help us to understand what it means that the spirit that now has written the laws in our hearts instead of just on these stone tablets. God, help us to see this bigger picture of what it means to be a Christian and how that might help us, number one, be able to strip away the faces, stop the acts, and come authentic to one another and begin to be a community that walks together and grows together and becomes a community where the people that feel like the last place they would be accepted would be church can find a place to come and find you and see the beauty and wonder of your love because of how we love one another. So God, just lead and guide and direct us. And may over these next months, may you do something in our lives in this community here at Rancho that we never could have imagined. For your glory and your honor and praise in Jesus' name, amen.